All right, so quick roundtable real quick, everybody. Uh, favorite villain outside of Star Wars? Because that would be just too easy. So, uh, Scruffy, who do you got? Well, for the last three weeks, I have been watching repeatedly Flash Gordon. I don't know what got me on the kick, so Ming the Merciless. Nice. Nice. DB, how about yeah. you? You know, I'm not sure my favorite villain, the character even has a name, but it's the... Uh, Kevin Spacey character from Seven. Ooh. Oh, oh, wow, nice one. Yeah, I mean, that's dark. just over the top, creepy, evil. All right, that's just All right. dark. Uh, Vanessa. Well, I'm going to throw you for a loop here, but Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Ooh. Oh, good yes. call. Nice. And I nice. say that because of his maligned childhood that created this quote-unquote monster that oftentimes, much like Darth Vader, seems like a jerk. If you look at his mommy issues and losing his wife, there's there's usually a backstory that's a little more nuanced than just this is an evil person. Uh, right. that, that character, to me, had a lot of depth. I thought Jonathan Demme did a great job at looking at the impact of childhood abuse on individuals and and really sort of forcing us to ask who is to blame in that scenario. I mean, there's no reason to, you know, put the lotion in the basket ever, but, (laughs) um, but to me, that was, that was a little more complex than this is just a bad person, you know, with evil intentions. It's someone who needs help, but anyway. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, I'm kind of regretting going last now because mine is going to seem really superficial after that. Uh, <laughs> um, I would have to go with Mojo Jojo from Powerpuff Girls. So Perfect. That's brilliant. One of my favorite all-time villains. I watched, I don't know how many episodes of that with my girls when they were very young yeah, back sure, in the day. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Um, mm-hmm. we'll you know. Out. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, in fact, he's my avatar on my personal Instagram account. So, oh, that's uh, awesome. Um, yeah. That's great. All right. All right let's, is, is it wrong that I don't have girls at home, but I've still seen a couple episodes? Nope. <laughs> Not it at all. It was a great, it was a great cartoon. What are you talking about? All right. Yeah. Let's get into the show. Podcasting the final audio frontier. These are the legends of Brown Squadron. Our computer is picking up a strange signal. Here, sir, you, you better take a look at it. The ongoing mission? To explore the Star Wars universe and other nerd culture topics? To seek new content and new cantinas, bars, and lounges? To boldly annoy Scruffy by making too many bad jokes? Welcome to the Hyperspace Heroes Podcast. And welcome to Hyperspace Heroes. This is Brown Leader signing in. All wings report in. Brown 2 signing in. Brown 4 standing by. Spectre 2 signing in. All right. right. (laughs) Welcome. We have a guest on tonight, Miss Vanessa Marshall, who you'll know as the voice of Hera Syndulla on Rebels. She also did Rook cast in Clone Wars. And going through her career history is, um, well, that could be a whole episode into itself. 
Um, but video games, animation, Gamora with Marvel, Wonder Woman with DC, um, DB just for you. Uh, she has Lieutenant Warren from Star Trek Lower Decks. Yeah. Uh, so we've got our <laughs> Trek reference in there for tonight. Um, oh, thank goodness. Uh, one I did not realize until I was looking it up, but the village, el- one of the village elders from Tales of the Jedi, which yes. is very cool. Indeed. Uh, Mortal Kombat, Diablo, World of Warcraft, Powerpuff Girls, um, Scoop, various Scooby-Doo cartoons, Hitman, Metal Gear Solid. I mean, it just the list goes on and on. It's just absolutely amazing, the career that you've had. Welcome. welcome. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I'm honored to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. So first question right out of the gate that we want to we ask all of our guests, which is what does Star Wars mean to you? Star Wars means everything to me. It is the greatest story ever told. A longtime student of Joseph Campbell and his meditations on mythic studies and, and archetypes and the hero's journey. And for me, Luke Skywalker's journey, uh, which is only made more magnificent by the presence of Princess Leia herself with the most moxie in the universe. Um, for me, I love stories about people who are given an opportunity to step up to the plate and do the right thing. And when they do that and they achieve what they didn't know they could even accomplish, those stories give me endless amounts of hope. And I do think that it's a a great story for kids and there's a lesson in it for all of us. And as an only child whose mother was uh, Joan Van Ark, well, is Joan Van Ark, but she was employed for 13 years on a TV series, Knott's Landing, could be seen as the evil empire, the entertainment industry. I took my mom <laughs> away from me. I had a lot of resentment about that. But uh, when Luke Skywalker chooses to forgive his father and truly walk the path of the Jedi, I have found as I've grown up alongside the saga that I have been able to take lessons from it that are about accepting our parents' humanity and uh, letting one's heart crack open to, to love them in spite of their human failings. And so it has taught me how to be a hero, not only to step up to uh, challenges in life, but also how to be a bigger person uh, when given the opportunity to, uh, and one might have every right to be furious, but to transcend that and um, forgive instead. To me, that is the noblest moment of all. So throughout my childhood and into adulthood, I just continue to learn and learn. And now we've got the Mandalorian and Andor and, oh, you know, so, so many, <laughs> so many great Star Wars books and comics and, oh, more action figures. I mean, it's just the best time to be a Star Wars fan. Star Wars means everything. Absolutely. Everything. Yes. That's awesome. 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 Well, in that vein, we're all in the same demographic. So I'm curious what your first Star Wars experience was? Well, my parents deposited me in Colorado <laughs> with with uh, my cousins. And, uh, you know, my parents were always working. My dad was a news reporter here in Los Angeles. And the entertainment business just really sort of wrapped them up and all that. So they wanted me to have fun for the summer. I went to Boulder, Colorado, and I was with my aunt. And she took us all to the first film. And we were like, what is this? You know, and then ta-da, from the first moment, we all, you know, that was it. That, that was it. Um, 
and I, I constantly telephone her and I'm like, can you believe that I have played a character in the Star Wars universe? It's crazy. <laughs> and she's just like, I would never have predicted that. She said, you know, it's just a, a, a magical carpet ride that I've been on to be able to experience that firsthand and then become a part of, of that storytelling device. It's just crazy. That's awesome. Excellent. Excellent. So we know you're a very busy person and you've always got a lot of things going on. Um, besides what a lot of our fans know you for as Hera, you've got a lot of other projects that you've done and that you're currently working on. Mm -hmm. um, let's, uh, would you like to go over some of those well, projects you got going on? Yes. It, you know, um, it occurred to me that in the world of esports, there are no voiceover actors who are attending those events. And I feel like it's a missed opportunity for fans to meet the voices of their favorite video game characters. And I'm reminded of long ago at San Diego Comic-Con, it used to just be comic book writers and voiceover actors were nowhere to be found. And today, voiceover actors are all over Comic-Con and they're signing autographs and this and that. So it occurred to me uh, that I could bring the cast mates of the different video games that I'm in, Mortal Kombat, Injustice 2, Metal Gear Solid, to these events and help give the fans a memorable experience and also introduce these actors live to the world of video games. And believe me, they know nothing about it. And uh, it's fun for the fans to play uh, the other actors as those characters. For example, there was a Metal Gear Solid event uh, where we raised money for the Wounded Warrior Project. And at uh, DreamHack in San Diego, another eSports event, it was the highest attended event. It was the first time they included voiceover actors. And we raised $40,000 for the Autism Society. Wow. And it occurred to me that my new goal in life is to have fun and to pay it forward. And uh, I find that uh, Twitch offers me uh, a fantastic opportunity to, I'm going to do something in the new year called Women Crush Wednesday. And I'm going to have Kari Walgren, Julie Nathanson, uh, Jennifer Hale, Courtney Taylor, all these amazing female voiceover actresses over. And we're going to play Mortal Kombat. Uh, we're going to play Mass Effect. Um, I can't play Metroid Prime. Uh, Jennifer Hale and I are both Samus in that. And I want to find a way for us to du duke it out uh, online. But I'm going to start with Women Crush Wednesday. And there's a wonderful company called Tiltify that allows you to raise money for different charities and donate that during your live stream. And that's what we're going to do is have fun and pay it forward. I'm going to add a secondary night. It's going to be called hashtag Star Wars Family. And I want to play Jedi Survivor and uh, the Jan Ors game that I am in. And I want Sam Witwer to come, Freddie Prince Jr. and uh, the Rogue Rebels who are all on Twitch. And I want to have a secondary live stream that's all for Star Wars. And we will raise money for different charities, uh, again, that are that are suited. For Metal Gear Solid, we did Wounded Warrior Project, you know, um, so this is just like a new passion of mine. And uh, strangely born out of that, I just shot a TV pilot for what is essentially an American Idol show for television, uh, but for voiceover. 
and um, hopefully it gets picked up. But um, again, I'm at these events now and I'm doing sort of live hosting. I have a background in stand-up comedy, but I find it's a wonderful way. Sometimes we're given these gifts and, and you know, why not use them? The, the gift to be able to pick up a microphone and, and make everyone feel good, uh, make them laugh, make them feel a part of, make them feel like they matter. And a lot of this uh, conviction, I think, has come from the isolation of the pandemic, the somewhat darkness of the pandemic. And I'm so grateful. Every convention that I get to go to, I can't tell you how many people I hug. I'm just so grateful. Of course, I ask permission. <laughs> you don't want to don't want to trigger anybody. Don't want to trigger anyone. But uh, but I am a hugger, and and uh, it's just so lovely to connect with people in that way. One event that I went to recently, I was able to play Injustice 2 as the voice of Black Canary with a cause playing Black Canary, and I beat the crap out of her. <laughs> <laughs> so That's awesome. They're just endless possibilities. So I hope next year will be about discovering how this wants to roll out. I, I've taken a couple of meetings this week to discuss some, uh, some RPG, some role-playing games, some Star Wars role-playing games uh, that may end up on uh, different TV channels so that people, um, uh, along the lines of what Critical Role is doing, but more specifically for Star Wars role-playing games. So I have all kinds of fun things uh, that are that are happening. Of course, you can see me as Wonder Woman on uh, Harley Quinn. Um, there are a couple other video games that are coming out that I'm not allowed to discuss, a couple of cartoons that I'm not allowed to discuss just because, you know, NDAs. Um, right. But uh, thank goodness the strike is over. So that that limitation has been lifted in terms of what we can discuss. But um, yeah, and if people want to follow me on social media, you'll be apprised of all these wonderful things as they evolve. But um Anyway, I just feel really, really fortunate and blessed to be able to work on all these things. And again, if there's one person who is depressed and well, who wouldn't be? Because adulting sometimes is challenging. Um, mm -hmm. But yes, if we can, but if if we can lift each other up and and um, inspire each other, I feel like there's really nothing else that matters. So that's kind of what I'm committed to doing is using my platform to, to bring that goodness to people where they go like, you know what, maybe I can do this <laughs> life thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. So I have, well, first of all, we can attest to the hugging. Uh, we got to meet you at I triple C uh, last yes. May and that's a true story. She's absolutely telling the truth, super <laughs> fan friendly, which is why we were excited to have you to get you on the show tonight. Yep. Um, but I had a question. So, at ICCC, you did some streaming with uh, playing uh, Jedi Survivor. <gasps> yeah. Was that the start of the streaming for you? Was that your first time streaming or had no. you done it before? Before that, I had been playing Metal Gear Solid on a PS3, which was horrible. I mean, not <laughs> horrible, but look, let me just say no. that I don't know that for, for back when PS3 existed and when Metal Gear came out, it was like, Oh, mm -hmm. um, but by comparison, I didn't know when I got the, uh, you know, the PS5 and the brrr, it vibrates, you mm -hmm. feel like you're in the ship. There's, there's so many mesmerizing details that come with the PS5 and playing Jedi Survivor was a spiritual experience by comparison. So I'm not trying to denigrate anything about Metal Gear, but I'm saying we've made a lot of improvements in terms of the console and 
and all of that. So was it my first time playing something so involved on a PS5? Yes, I had played Street Fighter before. Cammy is my go-to um, yes. on Street Fighter, sure. And um, and for Metal Gear to promote the Metal Gear Solid event, uh, I think we were playing Pete, no, not Peace Walker. Um, we played a bunch of different things in advance of that, but uh, that those were the sloppiest uh, streams that I had. And I, you know, that's the thing is like getting all the technical components together. I am getting it to a place now where it is absolutely bulletproof and I've hired someone to help me so that it's when I have these lovely ladies over to play games with me that like, we don't have any technical problems whatsoever, uh, you know, within reason. Sometimes solar flares make things completely psychotic, but um, I'm really looking forward to that sort of flawless launch, which is why I haven't started it in a mediocre fashion. I feel like I had a few false starts with my uh, Twitch channel. And uh, I'm also, I've redone my whole website to incorporate all this having fun and paying it forward that I've discussed with you. Um, so that this will all be one sort of synonymous experience that people will have when they come to my website, my Twitch channel, or my social media. And um, it, it hopefully will all coalesce in the new year. <laughs> That's the goal. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. very cool. Very, yeah. very cool. Um, so we would be, our, our listeners, all four of them would be kind of mad at us if we um, <laughs> obviously didn't ask some Rebels questions, because that is where a lot of us know you from. And um, being the OG uh, Hera uh, in, in the universe. And um, I know that uh, your dad was a pilot too, you know, later mm -hmm. on in his life, right? And you've got a love of flying. I'm a, um, I went through flight school myself, and, and my dad's a pilot. Um, so I, I, when I heard that, I thought it was kind of exciting because how did that love of flying impact you playing Hera and that role of Hera? Well, it's hard to say which came first, the chicken or the egg, right? I mean, mm. I have such a reverence for my dad's ability to, um, convey the power of flight to me. Uh, how much it means to him to be able to get up in the air and have that kind of perspective, the freedom that he feels. Also, the duty, the duty that that he possesses. I, I noticed that mm -hmm. among his pilot friends. They're very, you know, funny and, and carefree and this and that, but the stakes are pretty high. Of course, they are when we're operating an automobile as well, but there's something, my dad has an open cockpit biplane. And when you're up that high and he cuts the engine and he's about to do a hammerhead <laughs> and all you hear is the wind <laughs> on, on the, the strings that hold, you know, parts of the wing together, you suddenly realize like, this is a little more serious than I, than I had planned for. Um, but, mm -hmm. uh, so there's a reverence for detail. There's, uh, there's a, a level of um, ethical awareness of others and responsibility. And my dad has imbued those values with every flight that he took me on. And also every time he reads Jonathan Livingston Siegel, you know, <laughs> and espouses all the various sort of spiritual totems in there. And um, so I, I feel like that is in my bones. That's in my blood. That's, that's, that's a part of who I am. And 
I think those values helped me understand what this character might be feeling. And when she had her speech describing, you know, that when things are at her worst, she feels her best, that, you know, when she described what flight meant to her, I kind of felt that that was very synonymous with, with what my dad has felt. And, uh, there's something very spiritual about getting out of the way, you know, self-criticism, self-awareness, self-doubt, all these things are, um, obstacles that, that a lot of human beings contend with. And there's no time for that in the air. When yeah. she's, when she's battling in the air there, that there, that's so self-indulgent in a way. And, and I was always impressed with Hera's ability to slice through that egotism, if you will, or that, uh, that lollygagging and self-pity or, or any of that. She didn't have any of that. She was all about being in the solution and, and not being in the problem. And um, I hope to have more of that myself. But I do think that knowledge of, of what flight can mean to a pilot vis-a-vis -vis my dad's experience definitely informed what I came to understand as her values, for sure. That's awesome. Cause yeah, now that you highlight that, I totally see that. That's mm -hmm. um, cause you're right. You're right about the pilot community. My dad is the same way. Right. And they just, yeah, they have an intrinsic value to just do the right thing. Right. Um, you know, at all times. And um, oh, wow. Yeah. That's very, cool. I mean, when you maintain a plane, the stuff that my dad does on a daily basis, I mean, I guess it's sort of what we do to our computers or what we're supposed to do. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, with a virus check and this and that. And, yep, and, right. you know, uh, my dad calls it a sterile cockpit that, you know, you have to check every single detail and you cannot mm -hmm. forget a single thing that hypervigilance, mm -hmm. there's no room for drama there. There's no room for no. hyperbole or for any type of melodrama. It's 100% math science and the, the bare essentials and lives are at stake. And so, having seen that where my dad is concerned, I'm pretty sure that that informed things. Yeah. That's very cool. Very, very cool. Um, and speaking of kind of family and we all know that of course, one of the biggest uh, stories in star Wars is found family and, and rebels was all about found family. And um, you know, this, this wonderful crew coming together. What was it like on the, uh, uh, on the production side in terms of with you and the other voice actors, what was the casting process like? And cause I, I know you guys kind of came together in the end, kind of like a family too, right? Yes. A hundred percent. We definitely did. Uh, we, we, we were very much like our characters. Um, I'm a very nurturing person. I made sure everyone was fed at all times. Um, and, uh, you know, it was kind of momming it up. And I don't even have any kids. So, you know, uh, not momming it up in a controlling way, but in, in a way that I think most people would love to be mommed. I, I know when people mom on me, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, other people are like, get away from me. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and Tia and I are huge New York Giants fans. So, you know, there's Tia, you know, the Mandalorian, you know, who's kind of, she's a rebel artist, whatever you know, that, that she had that same energy um, and brought that to the real life family. And Freddie was always paired off with Taylor and they were Padawaning it, if you will, you know, Jedi Padawaning it. And Freddie was teaching him how to voice act. And 
really about the Star Wars universe. And it was great. David, uh, Dave Filoni loved that Taylor knew absolutely nothing about Star Wars because he said, well, that's great. Neither does Ezra. So, mm-hmm. you know, Taylor always talks about that, the genuine moment when Ezra is in space for the first time and he says, I'm in outer space. Like, this mm-hmm. is not, this may be normal to us as viewers in Star Wars. Ah, you know, you see hyperspace, whatever. But but Taylor had never seen that. So it was, it was really sweet uh, to watch his education in real time. And Steve is hilarious, just, you know, playful and, yeah. and uh, you know, always cracking jokes. And Sam Witwer, when he came in as Darth Maul, scared me to death. <laughs> um, I mean, he's the best DM, by the way, when we got to play our, our, that's the other thing we did. We started to play these role-playing games together on, oh, wow. on Freddie's uh, channel. It's called Good Evening and Good Game, G-E-G-G, Gaghead. Mm. And uh, we played, I believe it's Age of Empire together. And Sam, who is one of the smartest Star Wars fans I think I've ever met. He's, I, you can't put anything past that guy. Um, but when he played Darth Maul trying to sway Ezra and wa- watching Freddy get so pissed off because Freddy also has the same amount of Star Wars knowledge. And he'd go, no, 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 that's not the thing because it's like, and action. And then the, <laughs> Freddie would go into his next line. And so everything really enriched what was happening in the plot. Um, I did not expect Freddie's character to pass away. I also mm-hmm. did not expect them to create an offspring. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> there were a lot of shockers. Right. There were a lot of shockers there, but... Um, but anyway, it, it, uh, I really did feel that the family that was sort of chosen by Lucasfilm to participate, we all fit very well together, and, and we still do. We love each other very, very much. Um, so that's, that's a gift. Cool. That's awesome. Did you guys, when, uh, hold on real quick. So when you, with, with the casting, did you guys all like, uh, were you all brought in separately or like, you know, oh. cause like in the original, in the original uh, trilogy, you know, uh, they, they would cast in groups. So you had mm-hmm. Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and, you know, they pulled uh, um, Han or uh, Harrison in, you know, to help read some lines. How, what was the casting process like with, with rebels? Well, we, we were all given fake copy for a wolf project, um, <laughs> which I should have known as a Clone Wars fan, you know, the wolf right. pack, but I still mm-hmm. didn't think I'd ever be so lucky to have anything to do with anything in this world. But, um, and it mentioned something about light swords and the cause and those buzzwords made me think like, oh, well, I don't know what this is, um, uh, you know, about a bunch of wolf cubs, but it kind of sounds like Star Wars. I think I'm just going to project my Star Wars lore onto it and see how that goes. Well, uh, it panned out for me. And I got to the callback and saw a picture of a Twi'lek on the wall. And I was like, oh, no way. Then I look over and I see <laughs> Cowboy Dave, uh, Cowboy Hat Dave. And I'm going, okay, act normal, act normal. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. This is happening. Oh my goodness. And then I just went into complete professional mode and went right back into the choices that I had made and hoped for the best, drove home. And uh, Greg Weissman let me know that it was between me and two other women. And um, I ended up getting it. 
had a heart attack. Like, I mean, not literally, but I, I just was totally sobbing and showed up not knowing who else was in it. And uh, somehow the email with the script never got to me. So I actually, those little shorts I did as cold readings on the day. And I was like, oh, you're definitely going to get fired. I mean, like, well, because I like to prepare everything. And I, maybe I overthink things, but I care. I care. And they were like, oh, you didn't get your script. And I was like, what? I I thought they didn't send it because it was so hypersensitive. Anyway, Mm -hmm. luckily they didn't fire me and it was fine. Um, And then that's when I met Freddie. That's when I met Tia. And they showed us a Bible of, of the different characters. This is your spaceship. These are your sleeping quarters. Da, 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 da. This is what we're thinking over the da, 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 da. And then we were like, well, where's Ezra? And then, oh, we're, we're still working on that. We haven't cast him yet. I was like, oh, wow. All right. And then Steve Bloom was in England at the time. So he pinged in through, uh, I think it was ISDN at the studio. And then he did his uh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. And then the next, um, the next session that we had, there was Taylor and I'm like, Oh, I guess they found Ezra. Cool. So, and we all kind of fell together. That's cool. That's mm-hmm. very cool. Scruffy. I cut you off. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, yeah, everybody, obviously we all love Hera, but what was it like playing Rick cast Mandalorian? Yeah. I'm a huge Mando fan. So Mando for life is my favorite hashtag. So I remember I said in the lobby to uh, to um, Dave Filoni, I said, well, now my life's complete. I mean, where do you go? I mean, a Mandalorian? I was like, forget it, man. This is it. Boom. Mic drop. And he was like, ah, no, I have other plans for you. Don't worry. And I was like, oh, well, that's good. No idea what he was talking about. Hopefully I, I lived to find out what he meant by that. But um, yeah, and of course, to be Darth Maul's minion, it was so delicious to go from Hera's cringe at Darth Maul's whispery manipulations to Rook Cast, who loved them also. And, I, and it fed me in a different way. And I was able to play this darker person, you know, and it was like, I mean, talk about a contrast to Hera. Yeah, so, and no, Rook Cast is not the armor. So, <laughs> so, so says Dave Filoni. So, right. oh well, well, you know that there it is. That yeah. was one of our that was one of our leading theories. So, the, yeah, thank you for believe me. For, uh, I I asked. That one. I asked hesitantly <laughs> because I said, "Listen, I realize that for Rook Cast to make that kind of journey, unless what she's saying is inauthentic in the Mandalorian, unless this is the way, unless that is her strategy to get something else for Darth Maul." Uh, for the crimson, mm-hmm. you know, like she may be up to something. Yeah. I said, that's, that's the only way that this would make sense for me. And he was like, nah, nah. <laughs> so no, but, but yeah. I, part of me was like, oh, that would be one heck of a tie in. <laughs> that would be. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was so excited to see that come back to life. The clone wars. Cause I was really disappointed on where it ended and how it ended. Yeah. And I didn't think I would ever get that closure. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was magical. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you guys, I, I had a few more questions about voice acting in particular, but did you guys have any other questions about Rebels before we, we go on? I don't have a question. I just, it's more of a comment that uh, at the ICC convention in Nashville, I, I did mm-hmm. attend the Rebels panel. Yeah. And just, 
hearing you talk about your, your castmates, I, I could see that on the stage. You guys felt you looked so comfortable with each other. Like, <laughs> like, you know, we can go apart and come back and do this all the time. I mean, it yep. was, it was a, yeah. a fun audience to be in and listen to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's like yeah. no time passes at all between visits, really. That's awesome. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was uh, I was in the podcast studio there most of the time at ICCC, and I got to see all of your everyone's individual interviews. And yeah, when when Taylor talked about the not knowing anything, that just floored me. Absolutely yep. floored me. And I just was I was like, that makes so much sense now. And yeah. it, it it's amazing. You know, voice acting doesn't get enough credit. Obviously, I think you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's. Uh, just hearing what you're talking about with the the influence from your dad and flying into Hera and yeah. um, just how much personal experiences breathe life into these characters is just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, so going on a little bit more about, we, we, we like to ask behind the scenes questions and stuff, but sure. uh, kind of techni- technical things. Uh, so you do voice acting, you know, currently you're doing stuff for, for DC, you're doing stuff for, uh, Lucasfilm, you know, and, and Disney, you're doing stuff for Marvel. Are there differences in the, the processes at different studios? Well, given that Disney owns Marvel and, uh, Lucasfilm, those were somewhat similar. Um, okay. Yeah, they're they're pretty much the same. I mean, DC is owned by Warner Brothers, and they also have, you know, very very strict protocol, and uh, the release of of those things have sort of red carpet events with, mm-hmm. you know, spoiler alerts and this and that, and. Um, it, it but, seemed... but like with the process with the process of performing the work, is it is there differences in like how the studio is conducted or would it be more differences in the directors? I think it's more differences in the directors and the tones of the shows. So okay. um, Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy that I did, it was an interesting experience because we would always break early and we messed around all the time. And what does that look like? Oh, I would order food from Katz's Deli in New York and cater an entire pastrami sandwich meal for everybody. <laughs> and, and then, you know, Kevin Michael Richardson, who plays Groot, he would beatbox, you know, you know, I can't do what Kevin does. And I, <laughs> I would start locking and popping and, you know, uh, Will Friedel was quietly judging me. And, and, you know, I mean, we really, the, the, the wacky family that is the guardians of the galaxy crew, we also had our own vibe over there and I've never had so much fun and completed work early as I did in that scenario. Because normally if you're messing around, you're there till seven. Right. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what it was with us that we were, we loved each other so much that when they called an action, we, we were right there on a dime and, I, you know, we were, I don't know, it, it was the weirdest experience. Whereas there were other Marvel shows that I've done where you're literally there and you feel a thousand years older and you're still mm. not done yet. <laughs> it's like, and there are no bathroom breaks either. So it's oh, like, right. what, what were we doing in the Guardians of the Galaxy that made it so fun, so effortless, so precise 
and uh, pleasant for everyone involved. I don't know that you just never know what the vibe is going to be on a different show. Um, and, and the DC shows that I've done, uh, young justice was incredible. It, it, uh, yes, it had a bit of a casual vibe as well. And we got a lot of work done, but, um, it's just a different, it's, I guess each show has its own flavor. So it's kind of hard to, uh, make it about the network. I think each show has a, a and each director, as you pointed out, has okay. kind of a different vibe. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so now if correct me if I'm wrong, but you had kind of a formal education in, cause you graduated from Princeton yes. and it was at a four, you had a, like a formal education in, in performance arts and things, correct? Yes, I did. Um, uh, Yes, I went to uh, NYU graduate school. I got a master's in acting. I went to Princeton for undergrad, majored in English with a minor in theater. But I did train pretty extensively in New York. And that was a, you know, a three-year program uh, yielding a master's degree, which really helped me with my various dialects and stuff like that, that I had to you know, for, uh, let's say, Olga for Metal Gear Solid, etc. Um, and, uh, you know, that was a that was great training to do all the classics, um, Shakespeare, uh, Chekhov, uh, Commedia dell'arte, we did circus arts, like Cirque du Soleil stuff, like, <laughs> uh, really, really, really a <laughs> wow. lot of um, very unique exercises for three years. So um, mm -hmm. I didn't end up using them with an on camera career. But you know, so be it. <laughs> All good. Yeah. <laughs> right. So um, now anybody that's gone through a lot of training, education, you know, we all know, we all know from life experience that training only prepares you so much. And then you actually hit the streets and you hit reality. Has there been anything in your career that was, you just, you could have never predicted that you would learn? Um you know, despite all the training, you know, and everything, is there anything that, um, uh, that's like you've, you've learned in life in terms of, you know, the career and everything that you just would have not expected? Well, truly, I did not expect to learn circus antics in graduate school, <laughs> the likes of juggling, uh, various balls and bowling pins. Um, that, was an unforeseen consequence of, <laughs> of graduate school. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Well, I'll say in the pandemic when uh, there was a, a Studio Ghibli film that I did, uh, Earwig, uh, that I ended up winning an Annie nomination for. And at that point, yes, I've had a home studio for over 20 years and I've I've been recording from home for a long time. That wasn't a thing, but doing ADR from home, I almost turned the job down because I was like, I, I can't engineer and act well in beep, beep, beep and go. <laughs> and you have to be 3.2 seconds. Nope. That was 3.1 seconds. You need 3.2. I was like there, you need another human to watch the clock and do all the math. I can't do both things. Well, there's no way. And I just, instead, instead I said yes. And I didn't know that I would learn that ability. I didn't know that I 
could pull that off, but I did. And, and when I got an Annie nomination for it, I was like, you must be joking. Wow. I am so <laughs> grateful. I'm so grateful that I actually said yes and, and tried it. So that's a good lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. That's great. Guys, did you have questions? I've been kind of hogging this. No, I'm fascinated. No. Keep talking, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> Scruff, did you have a question? Um, what was your favorite Star Wars character? Oh, dude. Well, that's a tough call. Because <laughs> I, I, I love me some Massage Ventress. I really do. I also want to know more about Aura Singh. But till the day I die, Snips, Snips is my main love, you mm. know? And the OG would be Leia. And then OG, OG above that would be Chewie. So it's Word. a, I know, I'm a Libra. Yeah. I'm a Libra. Yeah. <laughs> and people born in October, they tend to not be able to make up their minds. So, yeah. um, if I, yeah, I if I were to play any character in the Star Wars universe that I've never played, it would be Mara Mara Jade. I want to know oh, more about Mara cool. Jade. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. I would really really, oh yeah, she's an interesting character. But um, I want more Asajj Ventress, but unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So a little bit mm-hmm. like Plo Koon, it's heartbreaking. But. <laughs> anyway, right, right, right. So in doing voice in doing voice acting for animation as well as video games, um, do you have a preference for either one? And how difficult is it to, to do that voice acting for a video game? Um, I don't have a preference. I love stories. I love stories in any format. And I love what we get to do in a video game. It's a different experience. It's a matter of uh, the art of laying the... Easter egg for the, the player laying down the information that they need to get to the next level while behaving as a character within the world of the game. So it's a unique task to be trying to propel the, the game player forward uh, in a very nonchalant way. So your duty is to speak clearly and make sure that that information is communicated so they can get to the next level without looking like you're telling them don't miss this part, you know? Um, so that, that's, that's sort of a, an interesting experience. And all of that is done alone in a booth mm-hmm. by yourself. When I see some of the Jedi council scenes that I recorded by myself, um, for some of the star Wars games and they're intercut together. And I'm there with Jennifer Hale, who's a Jedi. And I'm like, wow, I wish I'd known who was on the council. This is kind of cool. <laughs> but uh, so I find that the video games can be a little bit more lonely. Uh, usually the animation recordings are in a group together, sort of radio play style. Whereas now in the pandemic, we did everything like a video game. Everything was done at home for the final season of Young Justice that we just did. Um, I had an entire scene uh, Black Canary is counseling one of the characters through a PTSD nervous breakdown and Greg Sipes plays that character and I never heard a word he said. And I just prayed that it all went well in the end. And I've, I've heard that it did, but and I've also heard that at convention, conventions, he says that he has no idea what I was doing <laughs> because we were, 
because we were not together. And I always wonder like, gosh, I wish we had been together. I wonder how much, how much richer that experience might've been that we could have discovered a place together that we, that neither one of us could have predicted, but rather than stop all production, we were able to keep going. And I know they did a million takes to be able to cover like, well, let's get her saying it this way, this way, this way, this way. So that if Greg says this, 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 we'll shuffle it together in the end and it'll make sense for the viewer. So, and it did, but, uh, so yeah, I, I prefer acting with other people and hanging out together as a group. (laughs) That makes sense. I mean, it it makes total sense. You know, it's community and the vibes and feeding off each other. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, so, uh, I know you're going to have to go soon. So, uh, we want to just a couple more things real quick. I wanted Uh to touch on your charity work that you do. Yes. Um, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I, uh, well, I support a number of different um, charities. Uh, the main ones that I focus on, Step Up Women's Network. Um, it's women helping other women, uh, whether they're um, marginalized young girls, helping them get uh, with their college applications, with job placement, with internships. Uh, because I can't really mentor a girl in the vein of reading English out loud for a living, because it's kind of weird what I do. Uh, I end up helping them with their social media and fundraising um, toward helping with scholarships for young girls. But um, there, there are so many things that I care about. Like I said, the Wounded Warrior Project, also uh, the Autism Society. And uh, I've been helping the Native American Rights Fund for a while, um, trying to support their efforts. And um, there are uh, a number of, uh, there's a a Latino Community Foundation that I also support here locally, uh, Women for Women, uh, mm-hmm. SOS Children's Network, Foster Love, that help, uh, helps foster kids. It's funny, I was working on my website and my web designer has a whole page for me for giving back. And there, he's like, you realize you're up to like 20 things now. And I'm like, well, I support all these things and I believe in them. And he's like, all right, all right, the, the page just keeps growing. <laughs> So, um, but I just, I, I feel that there's just, there, there, I think we can all make a difference every day. And I have a friend who has a podcast, Steve Silverman, um, and his whole mission in life is to do good. And he has this Facebook, uh, email chain where every single day there's a student whose kids need crayons or, you know, any type of thing. And he's got his finger on the pulse of, of, Workaday Americans who, you know, post these wants on Amazon, they put it on their wish list. And every day, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't have like billions of dollars to contribute all over the place, but I try to give a little bit and make a little bit of a difference. And I hope it does. Uh, I'm amazed that the people on this text chain or, or the email chain on Facebook, like they are literally forking over so much money. (laughs) <laughs> on a daily basis. It's like, gosh, I hope I have that kind of, you know, epic wealth someday where I could just be like, and you get a car and you get a car, you know, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's, there are a number of, um, there's a AAPI women lead uh, uh, another nonprofit group that I support. And, you know, there, there are just so many, um, there, there, there are so many causes that, that deserve our full attention, and I, I try to do the best I can, even if it's a, a small amount, to just... Uh, usually what I'll do is um, my Cameo requests, 
I will donate the proceeds from that so that at least, you know, that's a source of income that can always be donated. And during the actor strike, I donated to the SAG After Foundation uh, for actors who were out of work as well. So, yeah, there's just, there's power to giving back. And I think it's important. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And that's definitely, all that is definitely worth a a huge round of applause. So uh, (laughs) thank you, Vanessa, for doing all that. That's awesome. Um, (laughs) All right. So uh, before you, before you go real quick, let's, uh, let's go ahead and tell all of our listeners where they can find you. um, If you got any conventions coming up, you know, that kind of thing. Yes, I'm actually going to San Francisco Fan Expo the weekend of Thanksgiving. And I know uh, Mark Hamill is going to be there. Ashley Eckstein will be there. Taylor Gray will be there with me. But it, it, people are calling it a mini celebration. <laughs> um, wow. It, yeah, yeah it, it, it should be pretty incredible. And then there's all sorts of stuff in the works for next year. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Vanessa Marshall 1138. And... Uh, of course, my Twitch channel, same name, uh, on Twitter at Van Marshall. Um, feel free to to give a follow and connect, and and I can keep you apprised of of all the latest. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't know if anything has been announced for next year, so I better not say. But I do have a number of conventions all over the place next year. Very and cool. next year is our 10 year anniversary for Star Wars Rebels. So we have all sorts of really cool things planned all over the place. That's awesome. That's result. awesome. So if you if you see Vanessa at a con, make sure you get your hug. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she is a super awesome person to see in, in at the cons in real life. And so definitely if she's at a con, go and check her out for sure. So uh, final thing. Um, so all guests on the show become honorary members of Brown Squadron. And with that, you get a flight designation and a call sign from us. Nice. So that you're, that you're always part of the squad. So you are going to now be Brown 34. Okay. And, and for call sign, um, sometimes we'll give, we'll give the guest a choice. And we were kind of uh, up in the air over what we wanted to do. Uh, Hera would have obviously been the easy choice. Um, I've also thought about Hera OG since you are the original Hera. And if we ever have, if we ever have the pleasure of getting Mary Elizabeth, uh, Winstead on, she'd have to be Hera too. But, um, the, uh, but, uh, uh, the other one we've also thought about because we know that you're an eighties kid like we are. Um, and I've heard some stories and the other call sign I, I wanted to throw out there was mullet. Because I know that- <laughs> How about brown mullet 34? <laughs> brown mullet 34 brown there we go 34 yeah. yes that's nice. my call sign <laughs> i love the it mullet, the uh, mullet needs to make a comeback it does yes, indeed it does. absolutely yeah, i've got my junior year photo on the wall in my twitch studio it's very much a part i've created merch uh coffee cups and candles with that mulleted yearbook photo so that you, <laughs> you can greet the day and drink your coffee and praise the mullet and you can light a candle and and witness all that is the glory of my high school mullet it, it's awesome. it's really all you need to start your day that, I, i'm gonna awesome. quote you praise the mullet yes 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 that's awesome that's awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, we'll let you get on to your other your uh, other appointment that you got. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Vanessa. We really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> that is awesome. All right. Take care. Lots of love. Thank you for all. Okay. Okay. Thank you.
Thank you, Vanessa. This is the coolest thing you've ever done. Oh, man, wasn't that? That was just awesome. That was awesome. I'm speechless, which is bad for a podcast. That was pretty (laughs) awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That's very cool. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I guess after that, there's only a few more things to do. Let's, uh, let's, uh, jump over into collection corner real quick. Collection corner. Uh, do we really have to talk about collection corner? (laughs) Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, depends on who you're asking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, uh, 50 comic books, give or take a couple. Nice. No, no, that's 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 not <laughs> nice. <laughs> I have, I have, yeah, I'm having a little bit of a problem, comic book problem lately. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, and that that about it. Uh, DB and I missed the pre-sale for the uh, Life Day Chewy figure. Um, I'm not completely disappointed in that. I've seen several. Okay, for maybe sale a little bit. online. Yeah. They're not jacked up too much, but you can buy them secondhand now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I refuse to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, a little disappointed there, but not uh, not uh, totally heartbroken. DB, what'd you pick up? Uh, absolutely nothing. I am still on my spending moratorium. Absolutely nothing. Wow. I got, I got nothing, because I have spent way too much money in the last six months. Um. So I did not pick up. I still have a couple of boxes that I'm pretty sure have tauntauns in them that I have bought online, and I have not opened them so I can spread it out over the year when I'm, you know, poor and broke. <laughs> <clears throat> ah, you have self control. No. No, but yeah, you know, I would have tore into those boxes already. Yeah. Well, I've had other things pawn in my life, so I have not torn into them, but. Scruffy, you missed last week because uh, Brown Leader went on for probably twenty minutes with all the stuff he collected last week. So, yeah, I'm I'm a little disappointed. I got a little bit of a preview before the show. Um, he has become one of us. Yes, I am super happy about that. Um, you can't pry the smile off my face with a crowbar. <laughs> one to open and one to keep, right? Yes, yes, yes. Give in to your anger. (laughs) I loved hearing those words come from his mouth. I I know. I hate you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad we've converted you. Yeah. Because, you know, if we're we're going down this hole, we want to drag as many people with us as we can. And, uh, yeah, congratulations. Welcome aboard. (laughs) Nice. So, uh, yeah, you gave me a little bit of a preview. What else did you get? For oh, and me? is it time? And is it time to open up that Mandalorian Lego helmet behind you there and uh, oh, get busy on I it? Know. I know, yeah. right? I need to do that. Oh wait, no, we don't have one to leave in the box, so you got to get a second one. Oh, stop it! Um, <laughs> I do have this little, the little mini Lego Boba Fett that I got you guys last year, and still got that to do. Yeah, I've got the triple. I was telling uh, DB last week and and the boys from Yubcast that uh, um, that set I just couldn't stand it because it combines three of the things that I loved as a kid, which was Star Wars, Legos, and mechs. And yes, I was like, and Coles was running twenty percent off, and 
for a limited time and they can't it came in a trip and it came in a triple set and i was just like oh man. god let, let, let me tell you about calls mm. it uh it's it's always a bad day when Mrs. Gruffy has a 30% off coupon and Cole's cash. And we go in there and I buy, um, oh, Mr. Potato Head. Not a three funny. pack. Right. Because, you know, what Star Wars collection doesn't need Star Wars Mr. Potato Heads. Right. Right, right. Exactly. No, no but okay. Not. <laughs> Man. It was, yeah, not good. It was not good. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy. Um, but yeah, just some lightsabers. Um, I've got three bags here with all of your guys' stuff. I was telling Scruff before the show that when I went on vacation, I I came back with two bags for you guys and a sticker for myself. And uh, that was, you know. Yes. And it's Thanks, all... Dad. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went and to it's Wisconsin just... Dells and all I got was a Slauzy sticker. Yep. And it's all stuff that just is like, you know, it was those impulse buys. I, I would see it and I was like, all right, that's an item that's going on the, in the bag, you know, and just and it's random stuff, too. And it's just it's all Star Wars. Well, it's all science fiction. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I can't wait for for Life Day. And um, <laughs> neither can we. You want to hear something Life? funny? You want to hear something funny? So at, at work last year, um, you know that one person in my department that loves to decorate on the holidays and decorate our, our workspace. She did all those little elves with everybody's faces on them. And she told me what the theme is for this year. And you know what it is? It's star Wars. Oh yes. She's going to put up little star Wars figures with everybody's faces on for Christmas. So when does it, when does it start? I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to talk to her tomorrow, but, um, I, I told her, I said, well, you know, there's a thing called Life Day. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that, uh, uh, the, the, yeah. And I said, why did you watch it? <laughs> she goes, she goes, yeah, it was kind of um, interesting. And then I fast forwarded through a lot of it. <laughs> no, like you Jefferson don't fast Airplane? forward through it. I know, right? You must it, suffer through every, every awesome, horribly, horribly awesome minute of it. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. I'm still trying to put together the the YouTube for Blue Force Collectibles. Um, I got to get some time to do that, but I'm also I'm going to get this episode out first, most likely. But um, and then uh, I just the other only other thing for ICC is um, for collectible news is it it sounds like the next 2024 is going to happen at the Sheraton, and on December 1st he's going to announce the dates, which are actually going to be in the fall this time so my guess is it's based on sheraton availability when he get the whole weekend the whole place for the weekend so um so yeah so it'll be a fall trip for us next year so um, that's okay that's more time to save money to buy crap i don't need exactly and it's before the snow really starts to fly in a serious manner so we should still be able to have a safe trip blasphemy what to buy crap i don't need you need this you need it all (laughs) You need all of it, BB. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, that's really all I have for collecting. I, I, like I said, I went through the laundry list last week, but, and I've got a, I, I really wish, uh, um, yeah. That's if a my awesome da- bug you if, got, by the way. 
if my oh yeah the ahsoka mug yeah from from a certain point of skew um and those lightsabers are cool because they're the old thick plastic that if i wanted to play anakin youngling slayer i totally could (laughs) Um, but i know that my daughter would be rather mad so uh if i started whapping my grandkids so uh i'll probably hold off on that one but yeah you um, should probably hold back yeah yeah so that's one um, lightsaber battle you won't survive yeah exactly no it won't all of a sudden i'll be finding myself force choked in no time flat so are you a true skywalker are you missing (laughs) limbs oh oh speaking of which so halloween just happened and i think on social media my favorite costume that i saw i saw it a couple times people dressed up in black from head to toe totally you couldn't see anything except for their wrist their hand and they were holding a uh, uh, Vader's lightsaber, Anakin's lightsaber, <laughs> and so they they went as ha- went that to Halloween awesome. as just Luke's hand, and I thought that was so That's cool, awesome, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> a little sick, but that's cool. Yeah, but still cool. So, um, brown mullet thirty four. That still cracks me up. That's hilarious. Um, brown so, mullet thirty four. Uh, all right. So do we want to, uh, we've, we've got a block DB's blockbuster. Do we want to hit it real quick or save it for next week? Let's hit it. We've all seen it a million times. All right. Well, here we go. Hold on. Play it. Set that hyperdrive to plaid. It's time for another episode of DB's blockbuster, 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 blockbuster. And it is an actual blockbuster this week. Yeah. It actually is. I mean, who in our generation has not seen Back to the Future? Who in our generation has not seen Back to the Future at least 10 times? Exactly. Uh, but, you know, Back to the Future, what a great time to come out. 1985, you know, I'm basically the same age as Marty McFly was in that film. Uh, and the thought of going back to 1955 and meeting my parents terrifies me that's why this movie is so great <laughs> terrifies me. and you know what's more terrifying Detail. is that if it were made today they'd be going back to 1993 oh god that's painful to hear and and i don't think any of my kids could survive without cell phones or you know <laughs> the world has changed so much in the last 30 years just as it had for marty mcfly you know, okay, quick synopsis. We could talk about this all day. Marty McFly accidentally takes the DeLorean back in time to 1955 and meets his parents when they were the same age, roughly 17 years old. His mother has a crush on him, so he's got to fend off his mother's advances while convincing his dad to hook up with his mom so he can be born. Meanwhile, through his efforts, we get uh, Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan playing Van Halen. <laughs> I mean, what a sentence. Do you think those words could ever go together? Right. Um, right. There is a perfect example. Of, let's try and let's try and anger four fan four fan bases at once. Exactly. Mm. Um, and and other than the impeccable casting from top to bottom. I, what? There, there's no flaw in this movie. This movie is damn near perfect. Mm-hmm. I agree. And then I they made sequels. <laughs> so. Oh, the sequels were just as awesome. 
no, nah, the sequels are pretty good too. But um, you know, there there's a great episode of a Big Bang Theory where they analyze what? the breakdown in the timeline and why. Yes, I love yes. that episode. Yeah, absolutely love that episode. Without the sequel, when Ahsoka and Sabine jumps off of the Temple of Gondor, there would have been no ship there to catch them. It's due to Back to the Future and the scene in jumping off Biff's tower in uh, uh, Back to the Future 2. You so... are not wrong. Mm-hmm. That is... <laughs> and, okay, you know, let, let's let's talk about how this movie could have gone awfully wrong. Do you know Eric Stoltz was originally cast as Marty McFly? Yes. Yes. Can you That's picture anybody else playing... Yeah, and nothing against Eric Stoltz, but, you know, uh, Michael J. Fox is Marty McFly. Yeah, it's just one of those things where you hear later, you know, who else was in the running and you just, I mean, it was just, things like that are just meant to be. Um, like Christopher Walken as Han Solo. That almost happened. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> you know? horrible. Horrible, you know, horrible. Um, Shrek, the movie Shrek. Um, mm-hmm. It was, uh, originally they had... Um, Oh, who's the comedic actor? Chris Farley. Chris Farley in mind to play yeah. instead no. of Mike Myers. And oh, and the epic, even the worst one, uh, Magnum PI as Indiana Jones or Tom right. Selleck. Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck. Yeah, as Indiana Jones. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, and uh, 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 Doc Brown. Can you imagine anybody else? John Lithgow was supposed to play Doc mm-hmm. in that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, that I did Just not the, know. Really, the casting was impeccable. Awful. And and somebody who does not get enough credit for these films is Thomas F. Wilson as Biff, Griff, and all the other ifs, you know, Mad Dog, <laughs> you know, third one. Wow. You know, he plays the same character with slightly different bents in each reality. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, wow. That guy does not get enough credit for what he did in those movies. No, not, not in the Agreed. Movies. Yeah. Um, wow yeah. for being a classic we don't have much to say here well right? i mean it's just i mean what do you say i mean it's also created you know it's it it became such a pop culture thing you know in terms of uh whether it's um you know the subtle reference in the wedding singer with the the uh a-hole boyfriend that drives a delorean you know yes um oh my word i haven't seen that movie in so you long. know i mean it's just it's it's worked its way into pop culture so much i mean there's just so many references um, you know, I, I know I've shared it before. If you go to, uh, if you work at O'Reilly's and you type in into their parts <laughs> catalog, you know, 88 G, uh, you come up with the, the flux capacitor, you know, as a part in their database. And I mean, it's just, it's influenced so much, uh, pop culture that, I mean, it's just, how do you deny its impact? I right. Mean, it's just, and it's a great film. I mean, it's just a good film from beginning to end um it's got it's good for all ages really and um you know they yeah i mean it's got a good message it's um it's just a great film and and who didn't want his truck at the end of the movie that was me that was a great truck. i wanted the delorean the delorean yeah Hey, uh, I was on the way to work about a month ago when the temperatures were still decent around here, and I got passed by four DeLoreans. What? Going, going the other direction. Yep. 
Uh, you sure it wasn't the same DeLorean going through a time warp? It may have been. I don't know that for sure. It could have been. That's hilarious. But yes, four DeLoreans. I was absolutely shocked because I have not seen a DeLorean in person in probably eight, nine years, probably. Maybe ten years. And then well, suddenly hey. there were four of them, and I suddenly felt the urge to listen to Huey Lewis in the News, Power of Love. Yeah. That's nice. What a great cameo with Huey Lewis in that film, too. Oh, yeah. that was awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's two just more, too damn two more loud. Thoughts. Yeah, you kids are just too damn loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, it was just, and the sequels, you know, um, sequels are hard. We know that. We know that creating, you know, only so many films have had great sequels. Um and the whole you know the whole back to the future franchise the whole all three movies were were good movies they were fun oh yeah um you know because you know beverly hills cops did not have a good sequel oh yeah let's oh man yeah Mm -hmm. yeah beverly hills flops did you guys know that originally it was not supposed to be a delorean that was the time machine what was it it supposed to be a refrigerator. What? Shut up. I Google that stuff. They, Zemeckis originally was going to have the time machine be a refrigerator. How so, is that supposed to work? Well, refrigerators don't go 88 miles an hour. Right. So, to quote Doc Brown, if you're going to build a time machine, do it in style, right? Second yeah, yeah, thought. Absolutely. What's, other than Darth Vader from the planet Vulcan playing Van Halen, what's the Star Wars connection? This ought to be easy. Star Wars connection. Also has a connection to some chili peppers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, in the second. Yeah, Flea. Flea. Yep. Flea played oh, needles. Flea, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plays his boss in, in the second one. And yep. And then. In, oh, my word. I forgot about that. In yeah. Old Man. Then he's in Old Man Ben. So. Oh, I yeah. totally forgot about that. Yep. Remember, remember how they and and it's funny because in the second one, I know we're we're supposed to be talking about the first one, but like when he's in the future and the technology they're using, they're all talking on screens, you know, through televisions. So there's there's streaming calls, but then stuff was communicated through fax, and it what sounded yeah. like yes. dot, dot matrix printers. Yeah, it so it sounded like a fax, right? Yeah. Yeah. The best thing, Cafe 80s. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Come on. Oh, yes. Yeah. And rehydrating pizza. Nobody <laughs> rehydrates a pizza like Grandma. Come on. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, the smart glasses. Oh, yeah. I think he had, like, some sort of VR goggles on. And, I mean, just, yeah. But, um, yeah, your comment earlier about, you know, if people jump back 30 years from today, how how would any of our kids survive? You're right. And I've thought about that recently. And it's like just 30 years ago with no cell phones, computers were still not in everybody's houses. The internet was dial up the, uh, I mean, it was just, we had floppy disks and, um, I mean, it's just, how would have they have survived? I mean, that's just, um, hey, th- 30 years ago when I was okay. in college, uh, we had to actually pre-register for a time in the computer lab, and then if you wanted to print something, it cost you money to come mm-hmm. off that dot matrix. So mm-hmm. that's how much things mm-hmm. have changed in our lifetime. I also laugh. Talking to eighties nostalgia, it's funny. It's um, uh, 
so much 80s nostalgia is in fashion right now and and people like uh brownie one has a record player you know record players came back into fashion a few years ago um there's been some tiktoks about you know cassette players people don't understand how to work a cassette tape and all that (laughs) and and i it's funny because this is all becoming like cool and hip and i'm thinking you know, we moved away from the record player because the cassette was easier to use. And we moved to the CD because even that was better. And we improved technology because that stuff's clunky. <laughs> and it's like, yet it's hip again. So, Oh, hey, my 12-year-old has asked for a CD player and several CDs for Christmas this year because they're so retro, she has to have one. Oh, my goodness. That's I'm retro? Like, oh, they're That's retro, depressing. dude. Do you want to see my disc man? I have a disc man that used to plug into my tape deck oh, in my car. I wish I still had my disc man. I, I, I still I have one. So I wish I right. still had mine. All right, back to the movie. So um, <laughs> it's a yeah, damn near flawless. I, you know movie. what? I want to. I want to see a high school student do a research paper in 1991 or 93, <laughs> having to go to that big card catalog, find that piece, find that article. Yeah. Encyclopedia. Who's this Dewey Decimal guy? <laughs> Who is this Dewey Decimal guy? What the hell's he got to do with this? Where the hell's Wikipedia? Um. So yeah. All right. So yeah. Back to the Future. Great film. I mean, if you haven't seen it, why not? The if you haven't is... seen it. Where have you been? Right. If you it's... haven't memorized it, what's wrong with you? Right. For our younger, <laughs> for our younger listeners. So I mean, it's it's a, it's a great film. It's a classic. It's an absolute classic. Check it out. It's well worth the time. Absolutely. What's our next? uh, Oh, yes. Well, I have a couple things coming down the pipe for you. But seeing how next week is Life Day, guess what we're watching? Yes. (laughs) He's even got the Wookiee roar. That's right. (laughs) We have to watch the holiday special. Yes, we do. Didn't we already do an episode about this? Yes, we did. We're going to do another one. Man up. Yeah, we'll just keep it condensed to five minutes or less. And then we'll let Scruffy uh, talk what? for an hour about it. I was going to say, I, I, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, there you go. There you go. Because I can talk for an hour about how to I'm, I'm going to pull a battle. I'm going to pull a Scruffy in the Battle of the Planets and watch the first hour and stop. So. <laughs> Whatever. Actually, if you make uh, it through the first hour, I'll be impressed. Yeah, no, I'll watch it. It's 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 all fun. It's good. It's Star Wars. Once a year, and it's got it's, the introduction of Boba Fett. It's still exactly. the step up. It's still a couple steps up from Resistance. So you know, yeah, yes. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's saying something. Speaking of horror stories, one more actor that almost got a role. William Cat. Kelsey Grammer as Han Solo. Get out of here, Kelsey mm. Grammer. Mm-hmm. Didn't he oh. play a captain on Star Trek one time? That would have been he awful. Did. Yeah, he did. did. I yes, think he so. Did. All right. All right. That's yeah. DB's Blockbusters. And <laughs> uh, yeah, holiday special next week. I next cannot episode. wait for next week. Woo! Okay. All right. Well, I might actually watch that tonight. This has been an awesome episode. Uh, again, we'd like to thank Miss Vanessa Marshall, Brown Mullet 34, for coming on the show. Yes. And. Uh, yeah, what an awesome so guest. Give her a follow. If you ever see her at a con, go get her autograph. Say hi to her. Get your picture. She's awesome. Oh, I'm super disappointed. I didn't get to show her a picture of my mullet. 
Mm, yeah. So, all right. Well, with that, uh, if you'd like to get a hold of us, just listen to the outro. You know what to do. Socials, brownsquadron at gmail.com. And I think with that, we're going to get out of here tonight, guys. So this is Brown Leader signing off for the crew, and you have been listening to Hyperspace Heroes. That's no moon. That's no moon. Hyperspace Heroes podcast can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Stitcher, and most other podcast services. If we are not on your service of choice, let us know. To leave your five-star review, just click on the review button on your podcast service of choice and praise us at the maximum character limit available. To contact the show to comment, ask a question, suggest a conversation topic, or just to tell us how handsome we are, you can send us a DM on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter accounts. You can also email us at brownsquadron at gmail.com. Star Wars, its characters, shows, movies, books, etc. You get it. Our properties of Lucasfilm and Disney. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast has no affiliation with Lucasfilm and Disney, although we would very much like to. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast comments and opinions are ours alone and the show is for entertainment purposes only. This is so we cannot be held liable when we say something dumb. If you're still listening at this point, we would like to say thank you for joining us on this exposition into a galaxy far, far away, and we appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you'll share the show with other fans and that you'll tune in again for the next episode. Hyperspace Heroes Podcast, The Legend of Brown Squadron. That's no moon! Sorry, he burped. Was it good for you? Spectre 2, reporting in. This is Vanessa Marshall, and I play Hera Syndulla on Star Wars Rebels. You're listening to the Hyperspace Heroes podcast. That's no moon. Take it from Brown Mullet 34.